here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hit my music! Break it down! Oh, you didn't know? Stand back! I'm a last man! I'm a Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me! You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and today I am joined once again by my good pal, Rich Kreich. Rich, welcome back. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited here uh, to be on Music of the Mat yet again, talking a pretty fun subject here, and a lot a lot of Mad One coming up in the next mm. hour. So a lot <laughs> of Mad One, but no, this is a cool topic. I mean, this is uh, Rey Mysterio's got a really cool uh, musical career, and he's he was at times, which is interesting, and we'll talk as we kind of go through. At times, he was one of my favorite wrestlers in the world, and at times, he was one of my least favorite wrestlers in the world, and it kind of in some ways coincided with the theme music as well. So it'll be pretty fun to kind of go on this journey. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely. Um, I think the last time we did audio together in general, I believe it was the Kings of the Tokyo Dome series on the VOW Patreon. I'm so sorry. Which, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we didn't quite finish that uh, because we're morons and we had way too much on our plates at the time uh, with the ebook and our own podcasts and the website and real life, of course. So we, we didn't quite get to the finish line on that. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun regardless. A lot of fun regardless. And uh, as the saying goes, Rich, it's the journey, not the destination. Especially when you don't actually reach the destination. <laughs> yeah, the, we, we, we probably bit off a little more than we could chew there uh, with the Kings of the Tokyo Dome. It had really great response to it. I'm really happy with what we got because I think we did a ton. Obviously, we, we put a bunch of episodes up there and we did a uh, you know a whole lot. But yeah, it just became a little daunting with you know like Christmas and Hanukkah <laughs> and New Year's and the ebook and my podcast and your podcast and my family that wanted to spend time with me and my wife who wanted to see me occasionally. And it was just like the, the thing that really got us was when we were looking at the, the, the matches coming up, it was really easy to just sit down and be like, hey, uh, Tenru and, uh, you know, what's-his-face slapped the hell out of each other for 11 minutes. That was kind of cool. But once the matches got to like, yeah, Okada and uh, Tanahashi had a 45-minute classic, it's like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, like it was way easier to watch like 10 of them in a night. You know what I mean? Like you'd sit down and they were, you know, 5, 10 minutes long or whatever. But once they started becoming 40 and 50 minutes, it was like, oh boy, this is going to be, just to watch all this stuff was going to take a while. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with what we did, uh, even if we failed at our ultimate quest. But as you said, it was the journey that was the fun part. So Yeah, same, same. Uh, and now you're doing a new miniseries on the Patreon called Death's Door, which is about the final days of WCW. Uh, do you want to tell people about that? 
Yeah, I'm also I'm still an idiot. I, I never <laughs> learned from the Kings of the Tokenoma. This has actually been pretty fun because my, my concept with this is usually you get a lot of re- retro review podcasts and whatnot that go on and they talk you know, you know, they talk through the Monday Night Wars, they watch, you know, every Raw and every Nitro or every Nitro and every Raw or whatever, but it feels like, at least in my experience, that nobody ever gets to like two thousand one. I think that two thousand Russo era really just drags everyone down and everyone just gives up by that point. Like, all right, look, I can't do this anymore. I can't watch two hours more of, of you know, mid two thousands Nitro whatever. Not so. I feel like you don't get a lot about that 2001 era, which is the a, a real super interesting era as well. Because what I'm doing is I'm watching the old nitros, I'm talking about the old nitros, but what I'm also doing throughout that is looking at the news and notes uh, of that week as well. And and that's a really trying time. I mean, we have um, you know I'm watching right now the, the early February shows and. As far as they know, Fusion Media is coming in. They're buying the company. Bischoff's got this big bang plan where everything's going to go away and they're going to shut down for a little bit and they're going to come back and everything's going to be great and Hogan will be back and Goldberg will be back and, and Nash is going to be hanging around and Steiner's going to be hanging around. All this stuff's good. They had all these grandiose plans and, and Fusion's got all this money backing. And it's kind of interesting knowing that like in a week's time, you know, Jamie Kellner's going to pull the plug. Nitro's going to be off, you know, TNT for the foreseeable future. Thunder's going to be gone, and Fusion Media's going to back out, and then basically WWE's going to swoop in with some, like, you know, low-ball offer that they're going to take because Turner just wants to get away with it, so or, or just get rid of WCW. So it's interesting to follow this path of, like, hope and 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 people are really oh my god this is going to be Bischoff's coming back in this is and like there was a real sense of hope even at the time as you're watching live so it's fun to kind of read the news and notes read what the observer was saying at the time read what reader polls were doing at the time and, and watching the nitros which seem like hey this this thing is they're going to get this thing back on track they're going to get this thing and there's some hope and there's some 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 potential with WCW and it's kind of watching the last few weeks and now I only have you know five or six more episodes to go until I know that it's all done and it's all gone but yeah I'm doing that at uh, voicewrestling.com slash Patreon right now, uh, just kind of following it through, and, and it's like a period that I remember watching live, but I don't think I've gone back and watched these 2001 Nitros in, you know, since the, since 2001, so I'm really excited to go back and kind of uh, experience all the Brian Adams I possibly can uh, one more time, so. I just, I love the fact that the Patreon subscribers, including me, mind you, I'm, I'm paying too, you know, we're giving you our hard-earned money to talk about Road Warrior Animal, Wee Wee, <laughs> Brian Adams, The Wall, Above Tony Average Buck, Mike Sanders. La, right, him too, him too, yes. Um, like, like, no disrespect at all to those guys, but they don't quite reach the heights in the ring of, say, a Dean Malenko or Chris Benoit or Eddie Guerrero. I, you still have guys like, you know, Booker T, Lance Storm, Mike Awesome, Billy Kidman, Chris Kenyon. You still have good guys, of course, but... By that point, oh one, that roster had seen some better days, Rich. I think. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. You, you. I think next week I start getting Air Paris and AJ Styles coming in, so that'll be pretty cool. I think they start the cruiserweight tag uh, tournament sometime soon. So, like, it gets this weird period too, where like a few weeks before it dies, it gets like super good, where there's a bunch of really good workers and and Mysterio and Kidman are doing stuff and 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 all that. But yeah, right now it's a lot of Sean Stasiak and a lot of Road Warrior Animals so, <laughs> and a lot yeah, of Rick yeah. Steiner. So, uh, has not been great so far, but. Uh, well, speaking of WCW, uh, today's episode is episode 53, and as you mentioned at the top there, Rich, it is indeed about the themes of Rey Mysterio, a guy who spent many years in WCW, till the very end, actually. Now, I love Rey Mysterio. Rich, you love Rey Mysterio. I think everybody loves Rey Mysterio in some form or fashion. He's just one of those guys who seems to be universally liked by wrestling fans everywhere. And the thing with Ray that I think makes him so special is that, like, it only takes one match 
to become a fan. You know, a lot of wrestlers maybe it takes a couple of matches to really get them or to get or get to appreciate them. With Ray, I think all you need to do is just watch him once and you're hooked. His athleticism, his acrobatics, his innovative offense, even just his like natural charisma and like ability, it's so incredible to watch and so much fun to experience that you don't need a second match to get him. You get him right away and you're a fan right off the bat. And that was true for me when I first saw him. And I imagine that was true for you when you first saw him, uh, Rich. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I attribute Rey Mysterio and, and a big reason why Rey Mysterio was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up is because I, I remember, you know, going back and watching, you know, I had mentioned that, you know, many times on, on audio that like I was a, a semi big fan in like 94, 95, and I kind of fell off or whatnot. And then by 97, I started kind of casually getting back into it and casually watching a little bit. And I remember I, I, I'm pretty sure I can nail down the exact date. I believe it was September 15th, 1997. I was kind of clicking through here. Uh, there was a Rey Mysterio Juventud Guerrero match. Don't I don't know if it was really that good. Don't go back and say, oh my God, it must be this most incredible. I don't know if it was that good. But when you haven't watched wrestling in years and really don't seriously follow it all that much, seeing those two dudes have like an eight or nine minute match on Nitro blew my mind. I mean, there was things that I had never seen before in a wrestling ring, things that I had never imagined could be done in a wrestling ring. And I was pretty much hooked from that on. Like, I remember that from that point on watching that match going oh wow this is I'm into this I'm really really into this and and I always then from then on really was always attracted more towards uh cruiserweights towards more in-ring towards more fast-paced action and whatnot with Ray being you know probably the biggest part of that I mean Ray being just an incredible worker in in WCW a great TV wrestler a great pay-per-view matches from that point forward and like yeah he kind of hooked me and then I was you know going back and watching some of the stuff he did before that even blew my mind more because by 97 he had already you know had a few injuries here and there and then going back and, and watching some of his ECW stuff, some of the AAA stuff, some of the stuff he did he did before the knee injury started kind of piling up a bit were, were incredible. And like even post knee injuries, I mean, still to this day, Ray does some things that I just can't believe. So yeah, he is a guy. That I, I think you're you're right on the money with that. Like I remember that one match watching him and going, "Oh my god, I need to see more of this guy. I need to see more of Nitro." And, and he was one of the biggest reasons. Like the first hour of Nitro was a must see for me. Uh, you you know that that. You always had that unopposed hour of Nitro uh, when they were up to three hours, and I would always make sure that I watched that first hour because almost always Ray Mysterio was on that first hour too. So now it was a huge thing to see him that initial time and be like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. And, and yeah, it's still to this day, there's times where he just blows me away. And I, I watch old matches too of Ray Mysterio, and they still hold up. Like you're thinking, oh, it's 1996 Ray Mysterio. There's no way that, like, we see everything in 2019. There's no way you still watch like a 1995 96 Ray Mysterio match, and he will blow your mind. I, I promise you'll see things that you don't think uh, you've never, you you still don't see to this day or people haven't done to this day still. So yeah, I obviously saw him first a lot later than you did. Uh, this was SmackDown 03 and between the 619, the West coast pop, all the different like springboard moves and the speed and the mask. He came off to me like a real life superhero. You know, he was doing these just incredible moves without a stunt double, without CGI, without hidden wires And that just blew me away as a kid, that a person could do these things in real life by himself. And, you know, nowadays it may not be as impressive because the bar has been raised so much and so high since 03 by guys like Ricochet, Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, Phoenix, Jack Evans, the list goes on and on. But to a 10-year-old kid in 2003, like I was back then... It was mind-blowing. I I mean, I had a preconception of what wrestling was like before I ever watched it. 
You know, it was big, beefy dudes, larger-than-life characters, power slams, clotheslines. Then I tune into SmackDown for the first time, and there's Rey Mysterio doing his thing, and it's like the Enterprise just went to warp 10. <laughs> you know, it, it completely shed any preconceptions that I had about what wrestling was at the time. And what's cool, Rich, is that you felt the exact same way all those years earlier, right. despite having a different level of fandom than I did. Yeah, he, he's got that. He's 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 got that personality. He's got that in ring ability, and 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 he's just yeah. There, there's something special about Rey Mysterio. I mean, he's going to go down once once he eventually retires uh, as an all time all time great and really a transformative wrestler. Uh, I, I think all time one of the most important wrestlers of all time. I really think because uh, ushering that cruiserweight era and being a huge part of that, and then obviously translating that in the WWE and and and, and having as much as much or more success than anybody of his size ever in that company. And and uh, there were times where it wasn't obviously perfect, and there were some you know complaints you can make along the way but i think he given what he was able to do in a big man's world uh, that pro wrestling was for so long is is it needs to be stated i mean even in wcw uh he was able to kind of make it to the main event and a lot of time he just you couldn't deny him he's definitely a cream rice of the top type guy where like no matter what you do he was going to get over and become a tremendous star no matter what so i think he really is one of the more important uh wrestlers in 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 history yeah, and like you said, it's 2019, and Ray is still blowing people's minds. It, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, he had those matches with Andrade recently that got just a ton of praise online, and people were calling him, you know, the GOAT and the best TV wrestler ever. And keep in mind, this is 16 years after I first saw him in 2003, over 20 years since he <laughs> right. debuted in WCW. That kind of longevity for a guy like him and his style is just remarkable. Um, of course, <laughs> of course, there were a few years where Ray wasn't quite at his best in the ring, shall we say, which we'll get to later on. But um, as far as this year is concerned, I'm I'm just enjoying this, you know, this renaissance of sorts. Um, or or Ray renaissance, shall we oh. say, Rich? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I knew that. I, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. I'm just, sorry. I'm just I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, uh, let's get to these themes here, Rich. Um, funny enough, the previous two times you were on this show, it was for hip-hop episodes. This episode is about a specific wrestler's themes, not just hip-hop themes in general. But there's actually quite a lot of hip-hop on this episode. <laughs> Ray just has a ton of of hip-hop and rap themes in his arsenal. And uh, not to spoil the proceedings any further, but uh, I I really do hope, Rich, that the listeners like the rapper Mad One, because boy, (laughs) oh boy, are they going to get their fill of Mad One on this episode here, Rich. (laughs) Yeah, there's, uh, as I teased at the beginning, there is a lot of Mad One, so much so that, like, it's almost impossible. Like there becomes a point where, where we'll get to where I like confuse the Mad One, Rey Mysterio, WCW themes because there are quite a lot. So yeah, I, this is this as far as like long like in in terms of one wrestler shows. Have have you had one with as many different themes as this? I'm trying to think off the top of my head in, in terms of like it's such like wildly different ones. It's not just like oh, it's a little bit of a spin hmm, on yeah, like this I, tape, I, you um... know, on this song or whatever. It's like very different songs like all the time for Ray. Yeah, I, I can't really think of any. No, no. Uh, the only one that comes to mind right away is, you know, Triple H with Motorhead. 
But right, but, but right, those right. songs were all the same genre and the, and the same sound, pretty much. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, it, like or like yeah, it's Jim Johnston does it, and then Motorhead like does the song better, or whatever. You're like you know Undertaker adds like electric guitar to the back of his theme, and then he's ready to go. But this is like a completely different Mad One production, and it's just like oh man, nobody asked for this. Why is nobody <laughs> Mad One song? Well, we have a little ways to go before we get to Mad One, so it, it's gonna be a minute or two. But um, we're gonna start off here in Mexico. Uh, that's where Ray got his start at the age of 14 years old. God, I love Mexico. Uh, he was trained <laughs> That's not a joke, up, by the way. That is a Not shoot. a joke. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. It's real. Not a joke. <laughs> um, he was trained under his uncle, Ray Mysterio Sr., and after a few names like Lagartija Verde and Colibri, which are the Green Lizard and Hummingbird, respectively, he was given the name Ray Mysterio Jr., in 1992, Ray started working in AAA, and that's where he got his first theme here. It's by the band Erasure, off the album The Innocence. This is their big hit, A Little Respect. I try to list of themes on this episode here, Rich, I think we can agree that the first few songs here are not necessarily ones you would associate with Rey Mysterio at first glance. Like, you wouldn't hear this song at random and think, oh yeah, this would be great for Rey to come out to as a theme. I, I mean, if you look at it in the sense of new wave or synth pop, being a babyface music genre in general, yeah, that kind of works. You know, it's it's mostly upbeat and peppy, and the aesthetic is bright colors and high energy. And Ray has had that same kind of aesthetic his entire career. But regardless, it's hard for me to associate a song about a lover wanting a little more respect in their relationship from their partner to Rey Mysterio, you know, or, or any wrestler for that matter. You know, a, a song with the lyrics, we can make love, not war, and live at peace in our hearts. I'm so in love with you. <laughs> it, it, it's not an easy fit for the aggressive world of wrestling, Rich. Uh, it really isn't. Yeah, like, like listening to this theme, I mean, the last thing I think of when I think of Rey Mysterio Jr. is like 80s synth pop. <laughs> so it's, it's unique and like, Listen to the song. I was trying to figure out, like, is there any reason for this? And and I could maybe assume that maybe the you know the the, the give me a little respect or the respect because that that's the angle that is kind of played. Obviously, like you said, the the story of the song has nothing to do with Rey Mysterio, the fourteen year old wrestler, but it may have had a little bit to do with maybe they heard that respect as part of it and said, yeah, this is a guy who's a literal child here, you know, who's <laughs> the size of juniors and 
the size of minis, and, he, and he's here scrapping it up with, you know, the, the big-time stars of AAA or whatnot, and it may have been an idea of, like, hey, uh, you know, this is a guy that's vying for respect. He, he, he wants uh, you to, you know, take him seriously and, and do all that sort of stuff, but, yeah, once you ignore that the song is all about, you know, <laughs> like, lovers and, and, you know, that, it makes it a little bit, but I, I don't know. It is, it is tricky, and it's hard to really find uh, a, a good connection, and it is definitely a song that just does not in any way shape or form fit Rey Mysterio Jr. whatsoever. Right, right, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Ray spent many years in his career fighting for respect in other ways. You know, him being a smaller guy in a business like wrestling where it's a big man's game. You know, he probably did have to fight for respect in locker rooms over the years. And, you know, me personally, as someone who is also uh, quite uh, vertically challenged, shall we say, uh, I, I get it. I get it. I want respect no matter how big or small I am as do you, as does everybody. And I'm sure nowadays, Ray is one of the most respected guys in wrestling. But is it like romantic respect? Eh, I don't think so, no. No, it's it's tough, yeah. And it, it, the, the synth pop, like the instrumentation of this, it's just, it's tough. It doesn't, it doesn't scream Ray Mysterio Jr. whatsoever, so. But it's alright. So in 1995, Ray got his first big break in the U.S. in ECW. Uh, that's where he and other luchadors like Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera first made a name for themselves in America. Ray's theme there is by Metallica off of the Black Album. This is Sad But True. I don't know Rey Mysterio personally, but based on his theme history here, I don't consider him to be a heavy metal guy. You know, Latin <laughs> no. hip hop, absolutely, no doubt. But <laughs> I, I don't think of Rey as a real metalhead. Uh, so him and Sad But True by Metallica don't really mesh all that well. But you know, then again, it is ECW. It's a heavy metal alpha male environment, and I'm sure that Ray would rather go into ECW with Metallica song than an Erasure song, Rich. Yes. Oh no, no, that would not have played very well uh, <laughs> in ECW. Yeah, it's tough. Like you know, I mentioned before that uh, that you know '80s synth pop 
felt like the very least Rey Mysterio music ever. Uh, I feel like Metallica is pretty close on that list too. Of like, <laughs> it just doesn't like listen to this song. Like, it's an awesome song. I really do love this song, and and it's it, it works in a wrestling context. Like for like ninety five percent of pro wrestlers that have ever graced a wrestling ring, especially <laughs> on independents and especially in the nineties, "Sad but True" by Metallica would have worked perfectly for them. They found the one, the five percent guy, one of the five percent that it just does not work in Rey Mysterio. So it's a little weird. It it doesn't quite work. Like similar to the Erasure, I tried to figure out maybe if there's some sort of connection there. I, you know, I'm your dream. Maybe Rey Mysterio is like a dream. You know, it's unbelievable what he's doing. And but it's like no, that song's about like a guy turning to his dark side or whatnot. And that's like not Rey Mysterio wasn't that way in, in ECW either. I don't know. Maybe they had some grandiose plans for like a gigantic Rey Mysterio heel, the uh, you know, heel turn or whatever. But like no, it's just Rey Mysterio just went out there and did cool ass shit for a while and then got out of the <laughs> ring and like it was perfect. It was great. And and obviously he was incredible in ECW. Uh, it's just this theme. It's it's really hard to kind of find the connection there. And yet another kind of song that it feels like they asked, hey, Ray, what's your music? And he was like, ah, pick whatever. And they picked uh, whatever, you know, whatever they decided to pick. And that'd unfortunately be true uh, with our next team in WCW too. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's tough to find a connection between Sad But True uh, and, and Ray, even though the song does rock. And it, it does really rule for uh, uh, a wrestling theme. It just doesn't quite work for Rey Mysterio. Yeah, the song... Uh, does reference a mask, uh, but it's not a luchador mask, that's for sure. It's the mask of addiction, and the song is about addiction, and the inner demons that take hold of you and take control of your life doesn't quite match up with 1995 Rey Mysterio, now does it? Scott Hall? Sure. Jake Roberts? Definitely. But <laughs> I, I don't think that applies really to a young, fresh-faced Rey Mysterio. Yeah, you do wish, I mean, this would have been a great period for him, because, I mean, ECW did have their fair share of hip-hop themes as well, and it's like, you know, if maybe if Ray was, you know, willing to ask, or if somebody asked him, uh, it feels like this would have been a great spot for him to pick some sort of West Coast rap or whatnot, we'll get to it here in a bit, I mean, because ECW was open to that, I mean, obviously, the, the, the you know, with New Jack, and, and you know, Natural Born Killers and whatnot, and, and obviously Public Enemy and stuff, there was... There was pretty prominent hip hop throughout ECW, so I feel like they could have done that. And like, there's no way you could have had Erasure or like even I think like too much like I, I don't know. I feel like you know Western West Coast hip hop would have been a great fit for him, but whatever. He got Metallica because he probably didn't say anything, and they just were like, "There, Metallica." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, Ray wasn't the only luchador who had Metallica in ECW. You know, Psychosis right, right, right. had Battery, Hoovy had Wherever I May Roam. You know. Pretty much everybody in ECW had some sort of metal theme or hard rock theme to fit in and to gel with that vibe, that atmosphere. Those genres and hip-hop as well, too, those were very much the norm, no matter what your character was or where you came from. So in 1996, Ray signs with WCW, debuts in a match against Dean Malenko at the Great American Bash, and the rocket ship takes off. Because this is where Rey Mysterio becomes a household name for a lot of wrestling fans and became a staple of the Cruiserweight division in WCW until it closed in 2001. And Rey has many themes in WCW, his first being from the Chapel Recorded Music Library. This is by Andrew Grossert and Paul Williams. It's called March of Death.
Rich, uh, let me sum up the song for you in five seconds. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's that's the whole song for three minutes. Uh, just that repeating melody, the, the, the kind of gothic choir, the low bass, the low drums. Once again, once again, we have a theme song here for Ray Mysterio that at face value doesn't fit Rey Mysterio because A, it had already been used by other wrestlers before Rey. Uh, I mean, Loch Ness used it. Zodiac used it. The <laughs> tag team of Masahiro Chono and Masa Saito used it. Uh, I mean, what a, what a list of guys that is. And B, I mean, just listen to it. I, I, I mean, this is a gothic ominous doom and gloom type of song it's called march of death for crying out march loud. of death yeah which is the <laughs> antithesis of ray mysterio like the antithesis of ray mysterio jr and and, and that may fit Loch ness and zodiac sure but ray is not that character at all he, it could be serious sure but when he's coming out to the ring with the multicolored outfits and the flips and the dives and the babyface energy it's the complete opposite tone of what a song like March of Death is trying to convey, Rich. Yeah, he's not marching. <laughs> There's no death. Like, it's, it is, so here's the thing. I have kind of a love-hate with this song. I like it because it's one of those things I, like, I grew up on. You know what I mean? Like, the Rey Mysterio that I initially started watching came out to this theme music. So when I hear this song, I think, ah, Rey Mysterio, he's about to have a really incredible match. Ah, I remember that first moment watching Rey Mysterio. So I have, like, this weird, you know, there's this the positive vibes come from this song. And positive vibes come and, and my mind immediately goes to, oh, here's Rey Mysterio going to have an incredible match. Oh, here's Rey Mysterio doing incredible things. But it doesn't fit him on any level whatsoever. I'm, I'm assuming that somebody got some sort of, like, email or, or got at this point probably a fact or whatever and it said new wrestler Mysterio and they're like alright cool like here we go give him March of Death like I, I, that had to be all they went on like they could not have seen this man and said you know what March of Death is gonna work they could not have ever seen him wrestle they couldn't have known what he was you know, his size anything about him all they had to have known that his name was Mysterio right like that because then it makes sense if you if you hear a guy's name a guy's coming into the company and his name is Mysterio it's not a bad thing for what you would assume some shitty guy named Mysterio would be, but no, it's not Rey Mysterio at all. It's just, oh, it, 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 and that's where the hate comes at all. It doesn't enhance him at all. It doesn't do anything to get you ready for Rey Mysterio, and it, what's worse is like, again, March of Death. It, it, it slowly kind of wears you down and wears you down as the song goes on, and then the bell rings, and it's this guy doing incredible flips and hurricane ranas and, and diving in topes and all that sort of stuff, and and worse yet, when he won matches too, which, and he won them in all, like, these incredible fashions and doing these, you know, flip-up hurricane ranas and all that sort of stuff, that, like, he'd have to celebrate to the song in the background, and it's like, no, what the hell? It's like a guy with the, this incredibly colored mask, and he's coming out, and he just did incredible stuff, and it's like, huh? as you said it's just like it just doesn't work on any level but i have this weird attraction to it because it reminds me of 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 ray mysterio when i grew up so it's similar to like dolph ziggler today where it's like that's the stupidest name you've ever heard but it's just like you know well we know dolph ziggler he's been around there yeah like we know yeah it's fine like you know there's those things that there's some weird stuff in wrestling that that you just don't care about because it's like it, it reminds you of the good times. It reminds you of something in your life. So that's where I'm at with this theme is 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 I like it because of the memories I have around it. But it is a horrible theme and a terrible theme for Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I remember me and J.R. Goldberg did the L.A. Park episode and we talked about how 
L.A. Park's theme in WCW was this kind of wild, frantic guitar instrumental. And at first, it may not seem like a good fit for him, but when you thought about it, it actually ended up working quite well because L.A. Park does have that wild style to him, and he plays the chair guitar and all that kind of stuff. With Ray, there are no obvious or underlying connections to the song. You know, Ray is a fun, happy-go-lucky luchador in bright colors. March of Death is this intense, ominous song. It's the kind of song that you would hear in like a dungeon level on an N64 game. You know, it's not a good fit at all. Yeah, it feels like it's it, it should belong in like a Gauntlet Legends, you know, game or whatnot, you know, like some like you know uh, it's some sort of yeah, like axe, golden axe or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like no, it's not really just not Rey Mysterio on any level whatsoever. You know, it's it's funny. Um, I mentioned his name a few minutes ago. Doesn't March of Death sound a lot like Dean Malenko's old WCW theme? Yes, I always mix them up. I always thought, like, I thought in my, there was, I was probably maybe a year or so ago when I finally went back and watched a lot of old WCW, I thought that they switched those guys' themes, like, halfway through their careers. Like, I always remember, you know, Dean Malenko coming out to this song, and then Ray coming out to Dean's song, and then I remember, like, one time watching, I'm like, holy shit, they switched those themes, and then, like, I'd come to find out that that wasn't true, but, like, I went a lot of my life thinking that, like, in 1997, they were just like, ah, Dean, you know what, you're gonna get March of Death, Ray, you're gonna get this one, like, there you go, but they weren't very much different, they were very, very similar uh, songs. You know, it's got the same instrumentation. Uh, a very similar beat to it, the kind of marching quality, the same ominous tones, and I looked it up, and guess what, Rich? The same artists who did March of Death also did Dean Malenko's theme. <laughs> Andrew Grossert and Paul Williams. So there you go. Oh, they have a lot of different, uh, lot of different scope of their music career. Like, like <laughs> similar to Mad One, who we'll talk about earlier. They ha- they've picked a lane and went with it. So <laughs> yeah, <that's>... yeah. <laughs> Um, one more thing about March of Death uh, before we move on. Uh, I know I've mentioned Ad Nauseam on here that I'm a big fan of the Attitude Era podcast. And recently they did a whole season of their show talking about the invasion angle. And on the episode for SummerSlam 2001, they played the promo package for the Kurt Angle versus Stone Cold match. And I'm listening to it and I'm thinking... Huh, that that background music for that promo sounds pretty familiar. Where have I heard that before? Ever since Stone Cold Steve Austin joined the Alliance, I've led by example. This is humiliating. You're pathetic. You suck. You don't treat another human being like that. You gotta learn about respect for Stone Cold. This is sick. Kurt Angle, SummerSlam. World Wrestling Federation title on the line. I accept. And then it hit me, oh my god, that's March of Death. They're (laughs) using Rey Mysterio's old WCW theme for this video. Now, I, I don't think that whomever was making the video 
knew that that was Ray's theme. I think it was just a random coincidence, of course. Right, but right, right. Hypothetically, you know, hypothetically, if they did know that that was Ray's old theme, I mean, talk about an alpha male move there. You know, in WCW, this may have been the theme song for one of your popular, you know, quote unquote, homegrown guys. But the WWF, you know, it's just background music for one of our promo packages. <laughs> right. But to, for real stars, for the real stars. What a show of dominance there. <laughs> so uh, in November of 98, Ray gets a new theme. This is by Ill Harmonics, and it's called, appropriately, the Ray Mysterio Jr. Jam. What time is it? Down for misuse of your mathematics. And quick three count, cause you couldn't hang with acrobatics. Display the rhythmic perfection by Ray Mysterio. Leave you busted on both sides like you frozen stereo. From the barrio, a barrio. From south to Ontario. Top rope gymnastics leave you played like a Tario. I'm sorry, yo. You couldn't seem to compare. Flying through the air, the rings, Ray Mysterio's lair. The Mexicano takes you out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Three counts and you out as a result from flying fury off the top rope. The acrobatic technician gonna leave you in submission. Rich, I have a very important question to ask you. What time is it? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> so, um, this is the first song on this episode that feels like a proper Rey Mysterio theme for a few blatantly obvious reasons. Um, first of all, I mentioned this before, but Ray is clearly a big fan of Latin hip-hop. Uh, yes. Look at his theme history and the artists that have done his theme songs, then it's just so obvious. And Ray in general is always celebrating, you know, Latino culture and Mexican culture. The, the guy has Mexico tattooed on his stomach in big letters, for God's sake. So him leaning into Latin hip-hop here makes a ton of sense, Rich. Yes, yeah, this is, this, yeah, as you said, is the first one that feels authentic, it feels real, I mean, it's freaking called Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam, so it's hard <laughs> to screw it up, uh, the lyrics are all somewhat about him, and there's, there, you know, there, it's, it's obviously made specifically for Rey Mysterio, so yeah, it does, it, it, it's an interesting song, it, I don't, I don't want to say I love the song, but it does fit for Rey Mysterio, and it's the first time that you can really feel like, okay, this is a song that Rey obviously had some part in making that Rey listened to and said, yeah, that represents me kind of well, and then they actually went with, which is cool, because it does, um, you know, it, it, it finally does feel like his theme, and I couldn't help but notice, and I'm sure you listen to this too, doesn't this sound exactly like Thugonomics? That early bass line is just the same. Very similar, yeah. Like I there, so, yeah. I was listening to them back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Like not exactly, not the same, but a little bit of inspiration. Like I wonder if the uh, you know when when they were making Thugonomics, uh, they went back to Ray Mysterio Jr. Jam to kind of get it. Like it seems a little too close to not have been in some sort of relationship there. But no, this I, I, I like this one a lot, and I like it because it finally feels like it's Ray Mysterio's theme, and and it's a little corny with the lyrics here and there, and we'll get to some of them here in a second. Yeah. They're very, I should say. I shouldn't say a little corny. Very, very corny, some of the lyrics. But I'm glad that he finally has a, a theme that really seems to represent him. Yeah, it's got all the references. You know, the, the Flying Fury, the Acrobatics, the Mask, the Frankensteiner, 
Um, Ray beating up guys in the ring with his speed and his quickness. All that stuff is just par for the course. And in general, it's a pretty fun song, I think. Um, although, <laughs> I will admit, uh, the, the rapping is pretty interesting, Rich. Um, <laughs> this plain rhythmic perfection from Ray Mysterio leave you busted on both sides like he bows in stereo. From the barrio or barrio, from south to Ontario, <laughs> top rope gymnastics leave you played like Atari, yo. So there's some uh, fun little rhyming going on there, Rich, isn't there? <laughs> I just like that they couldn't find another word that ha- that ended in O. But he was like, I really got to get this Atari line out there, so I'm going to finish <laughs> the verse with Yo. Because I need to wrap it up, but I also want to reference Atari. So fuck it, I'm going to put Yo at the end, it'll be fine, no one will care. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that that's that's not a great one. That uh, that one's not great at all. Yeah, and there's, yeah the lyrics are, are, are pretty corny, but hey, we get Frankensteiner included in there. So these, obviously, these men knew they're wrestling a little bit. Um, and, and another one, again, you know, kind of relating it to Thugonomics a little bit. The first lyric, after you hear what time is it for uh, 19 uh, <laughs> consecutive times, uh, the first line is, you going down from misuse of mathematics, Thugonomics, mathematics. I'm telling you, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's something afoot here. But uh, no, I, um, corny as hell's lyrics, but finally a song that, that, that feels authentic to Rey Mysterio. So. Yeah, this is a big step up from March of Death. Uh, it fits Ray a lot better. And I think him having a hip-hop song in general makes him a a little more connectable to fans because it's bouncy and fun and fans can get into this song a lot easier than they can uh, March of Death. Uh, I will note, though, that he did not use this song for very long. He had it for just a few months, actually, from uh, November of 98 to February of 99. And at first I thought, that's weird. Why only a short time? But then I remembered what happened to Rey Mysterio in February 1999, which we'll get to in a second. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I saw a specific line in the song, and I realized, okay, that's why they stopped using it. Um, (laughs) uh, One more thing, though. As I'm sure you know, Rich, and as I'm sure many uh, longtime Ring of Honor fans know, uh, is that Kenta used an instrumental version of the Rey Mysterio Jr. jam in ROH for a little bit, which, uh, thank goodness, it was the instrumental version, because... It'd be a little awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if he used the full version with the lyrics, it would not make a ton of sense, now would it, Rich? Right. Just a little strange. I mean, not a man that, you know, this plain rhythmic perfection from Rey Mysterio is the third or fourth line of the song. A little weird if, you know, Kenta's coming out there to, you know, kick some heads off, but, you know, hey, whatever. (laughs) See, I'm just wondering, like... How did Kenta come to use this song at all? Like, yeah, right. Of all the songs. But, like, we know Kenta. We know he loves hip-hop. We yes, know that yeah, much. Yeah. But how did he decide to go with this song? <laughs> right. I mean, there, there wasn't that much time. Yeah, there wasn't that much time for him to even, like, absorb this theme and be like, nah, that that's the song I want. And then to show up and be like, hey, guys, I want that theme. And they're like, uh, all right. I mean, that's Ray Mysterio's <laughs> song. And he's like, hey, I got the instrumental. Like, did he have it, like, on an MP3 player? Did he have, like, a flash drive? Like... You know, he's got the instrumental version of the Rey Mysterio Jr. jam, and he's like, that's what I want to use. It's just like of all the hip-hop songs in the world, of every instrumental in the world that you could have possibly used, how'd you stumble on the Rey Mysterio Jr. jam? Is like, yep, that's what I'm using. Was it LimeWire? Was it Kazai? You know, what was what <laughs> yeah. was the method? <laughs> because YouTube was like a baby back then, 
and I doubt that someone would put a video of this song up there back then, like, 05, so... Soul-seek, a little soul-seek. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. Every time I download anything on Kazaa, it just ended up being a virus, so (laughs) it just ruined... I was like, this .exe file? Well, that sounds fine. Yes. (laughs) This was supposed to be a song, but it's a .exe file. I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) Moving on now to February of 1999. Uh, This is when Ray and Conan became a regular tag team, and they started using the same song as their theme, which eventually became the theme for the Filthy Animals for a little bit when that stable came around. And this is by Mad One and Filtered Souls, so our first appearance here by Mad One on the show. This is called Psycho. perplexed at first as to why the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam only lasted a few months. But then I remembered uh, that in February 1989 at Super Brawl, Rey lost his mask in a tag match with Conan against, surprise, surprise, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. What a shock that the Outsiders went over on Rey Mysterio and Conan there. But, um... Ray did have to take the mask off as per the stipulation of the match, and subsequently he started using Psycho as his new theme, because in the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam, there's the line, you face a tough task, the immortal in the mask. And that line doesn't quite work when Rey Mysterio doesn't have the mask on, so they changed (laughs) that up there and uh, went with Psycho. So yeah, this is uh, our first of many Mad One themes on this episode here, Rich. And uh, I know you're the hip-hop expert. Um, What do you think of uh, Mr. Mad One? Uh, Mad One himself, I I I don't love. But he comes out swinging with Psycho, man. I think Psycho is awesome. I think it's just like a normal song. I enjoy Psycho. I remember at the time enjoying Psycho. I to this day, Psycho comes up on a, a WCW show, or uh, I, 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 you know, will search it up or whatnot. Or people ask, "Hey, what is one of your favorite wrestling things of all time?" Psycho always comes up. I think it's perfect for Conan. It's perfect for Rey Mysterio. I think the beat is awesome. It feels very much like a, a Latin-inspired West Coast hip hop, which is exactly what Rey Mysterio should have at this time. It feels of its time. It, 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 it slaps, as the kids say. It bumps in the car, Andrew. <laughs> as I be the coolest 31-year-old ever. Uh, you know, but no, it, like, Psycho rules. Like, I was driving 
I, you know, and, and kind of prepping for the show, I'm away home from work, and I listen to Cycle like six straight times, and I'm sure people are looking at me like, what is this idiot listening to? Why is he listening to this song so loud? And like, it, I, I love this song. It just, it, it, it's still, it still to this day works. Like, and what I like too is it's not a, the, obviously they were in the music video. Conan was in the music video, and and it's very much was featured with Rey Mysterio and and Conan and all that sort of stuff. But it. it it works as a song on itself. Like we're going to talk about a few other songs coming up that that tried to shoehorn lyrics in. The Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam was obviously written for Rey Mysterio and had this one doesn't have that money. It doesn't really have wrestling puns. It's just a song, and it's just like a pretty good song too. I really do think this one works. Uh, and and yeah, it's like a stroke of genius I think for Mad One and and Conan and WCW because it worked. It gets you hyped up. It gets you in the mood for Rey Mysterio. It gets in the mood for Conan, and it worked for the time too because when Rey Mysterio lost that mask, he became a little bit more of a hip hop inspired uh, character. He started wearing, you know, the camo pants and all that sort of stuff. And he was, you know, with Conan and they were like that sort of, and, and, and it really was the big time when I became the biggest Rey Mysterio Jr. fan ever too, because I, at that time was really into hip hop as well. So seeing this character, even though he was unmasked and, and obviously there was kind of like this thing, like, oh crap, like I can't believe they unmasked this guy. I became a way bigger fan of Rey Mysterio at this time because I liked the hip hop inspired uh, character development and whatnot. And it was around this time that I actually started a uh, a Rey Mysterio Jr. fan site. Uh, I do not, I cannot for the life of me remember. It was probably geocities.com slash like Rey Mysterio for life 69 or something. God only knows what the hell the URL was. Yeah, there was X's, I'm sure. I, I don't know, and I'm sure it was terrible anyway. But uh, yeah, I, like Rey Mysterio was my, you know, I loved Rey Mysterio at this time, and he was everything. And, and I think Psycho was a huge part of that. Like it just hit me on a level that I was like, dude, this song is just awesome. This wrestler is awesome. This character is awesome. Like it all kind of worked. But so, uh, yeah, I uh, I love I love Psycho. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, but like I'll say, I'll, I'll have some more bad to say about Mad One in the future <laughs> because uh, they're not all home runs. But I think this out of the gates is is pretty incredible. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there in regards to change and transformation with Ray because this theme is a transformation of sorts. You know, March of Death was a cartoonish kind of song. Ray Mysterio Jr. Jam was hip hop, but it was still like wrestling hip hop or it was family friendly. Psycho is full blown adult. It's a street song. You know, it has that heavy breathing, the and the whoop whoop noises. The lyrics are explicit and have references to selling drugs, the ghetto, the killing fields of rap. This is a much more intense and serious song than we're used to with Ray and WCW. And the same transformation was with Ray as well, because uh, like you said, Rich, when he lost the mask, Ray stopped wearing the bright colored outfits with the question marks on them and all that stuff. And he started wearing the baggy camo pants and the sports jerseys and those weird devil horns on his head. He became kind of a gangsta. Um, a very small 12-year-old-looking gangsta, mind you, but <laughs> a gangsta nonetheless. So Ray moving on to using Mad One and Psycho as his theme went in line with that big uh, visual change, Rich. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely, I mean, where Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam felt like the first representation uh, of Rey Mysterio, actual representation of Rey Mysterio, this one felt like the the 
in some ways the culmination of like, all right, this guy has arrived and and he's getting this song that that works on its level of like being an actual song. It really, really did work on that. I, I don't remember if it I don't remember if it charted or anything or if they sold CDs or whatnot of it, but I remember at the time it being a pretty big deal. They showed that goddamn music video on I, I don't know I don't know if you ever went went back and watched this era of Nitro, but they showed this goddamn music video every single episode to the point where like I'm sure if you didn't like Latin inspired West Coast hip hop of the early two thousands, you would have probably ripped your hair out of like I cannot believe they're gonna play the psycho music video again but i swear to god for like four months straight every single time on nitro they had to have tony Schiavone be like oh we're gonna watch psycho again <laughs> like i loved it as a kid i was like let's go baby hell yeah let's do this but uh i'm sure as we come to find that their uh, wcw audience wasn't uh, maybe not always into the old uh, hip and the hop hip and or hop yeah <laughs> you know we're talking about ray transforming himself um I've seen plenty of photos, plenty of matches and whatnot, but to be honest, I, I'm still not comfortable seeing Ray without the mask on. You know, it, it just doesn't seem right to me, Rich. It's tricky. It, it's tough. I remember at the time not really hating it all that much. I remember enjoying it a lot. Like I said, that's when I became a huge fan. But going back now, it, it has that weird, like anytime I watch an old WCW show and Ray's doesn't have the mask on. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, I'm like taking it back. I'm like, no, no, it's terrible. It's awful. And like, I like the WWE has just completely ignored that part of history. They put the mask back on and they just never, ever reference it ever again. And I'm glad they don't. Cause, uh, it, it was a dark time. Uh, when we go back at the time it was okay, but looking back, it was just a complete disaster. So, well, Eric Bischoff, he said that he did it because he wanted to make Ray a bigger star, which would have worked to be honest. Um, if you actually push the fucking guy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he was in the cruiserweight division and tag divisions for fucking ever, but he never rose above that. Uh, so, you know, good job, Bischoff. You Daffy bastard. <laughs> he would have done it, though. I mean, if standards and practices would have let him be- make it a star. Oh, Because he said, hey, can I make this guy a star? Right. And the standards yeah, and practices sure, said, yeah. no. And he went, all right, well, I guess I have to lose $30 million then. Sorry. Like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, God. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, a little period of time, Rich, oh, in no. the summer of 99. <laughs> we have to. Between uh, Ray and Conan becoming a tag team and then forming the Filthy Animals months later. And in that period of time, uh, Ray and Conan were part of a different stable. A stable of military men, you might say. Composed, composed of some of the greatest icons in wrestling history. Swole, Chase Tatum, 4x4, truly some of wrestling's biggest stars. Of course, it's the No Limit Soldiers, the group that was formed by Master P of No Limit Records as a way of cross-promotion between WCW and Master P. And in addition to having legends like Swole and Chase Tatum and 4x4, it also had Rey Mysterio and Conan and Brett Armstrong. Their theme uh, That's was- B.A., no, that's B.A. Uh, right. you. Yeah, sorry, stand corrected. Because nothing's corrected. cool about Brad Armstrong, but B.A. <laughs> cool as hell. <laughs> Their theme song, uh, of course, was by True, The Real Untouchables, which consisted of Master P and his brothers, Sea Murder and Silk the Fucking Shocker. Yes, ah, Rich. your boy. Our, our boy's back, <laughs> Rich. Back. Silk the Shocker is back in town. Uh, this is off uh, the album The Crime Family. It's called Hootie Who. Don't make me call a dog. Oh, use my oh we got beef? Hootie 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 Hootie
summer. That's sitting on Twitter, but I ain't no motherfuckers done. Grab a cat, where they at? Rat the tat tat. I represent the third one. You a rookie, I'm a vet. You the captain, I'm the crunch. You got the dinner, I got lunch. Hit the weed, pass the blunt. Your eyes red, you got the fun. How you like me now? Go teeth when I smile. Try to take me out the ghetto, but I'm still buck wild. Rich, I swear to fucking God, I swear to fucking God, if I have to hear one more goddamn time, oh. Uh, oh my God. Did you did you last to the end of the song? No, of course not. You didn't? Oh no. my God, it goes on for like another minute. I know, the, I know the point. I know the point. I know the exact point when you stopped. And I promise you, I know the exact point where you stopped because it's like, I've already heard a hoodie hoo 25 times. Andrew, I'm not kidding you. It happens 30 more times after that mm. point that you stopped. It never ends. I I still I fell asleep last night. All I heard, hootie hoo, hootie hoo. It didn't even sound like hootie hoo anymore. Like it was like they blended together, and it just became like this metronome in my life that was just like hootie hoo, hootie hoo. Like I was just it. it, it oh my! It's still I, I can't get out rid of it. Why did you make me do this? Every second of this song was painful to listen to. It's just. It's so goddamn annoying, Rich. The the hootie hoos are endless. They're endless. It's just so bad. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so at this time, I can I can freely admit that that I was a fan of the No Limit Soldiers at, at, at this time uh, because I was dumb and, and kids make stupid decisions. But like Master P was kind of cool. And like I remember when whenever I like we, I would go to the library sometimes and get their CDs or I'd buy their CDs and they always featured like twenty tracks, which is incredible. You always thought you were getting good value. It's it's like the WrestleMania four fallacy that you're like, well, two VHSs, great, and it's <laughs> like half the matches are just you know like sleeper holds or whatever. They don't matter at all but like as a kid you're like well geez i'm gonna get four hours of great content out of this like this is a great deal uh, i felt that way about the no limit soldier because they would have like 25 songs they the the cd covers would always have these like cool colors they always be orange or or purple or red or whatnot and the, the covers were really cool and stuff like everything kind of worked about the no limit soldiers they were great at, at, at promoting themselves and and doing good stuff Going back, like I can't listen to four minutes of a, of a no limit. I, like I can't listen to any no limit soldier songs at this point. I can't listen to any masterpiece. I can't listen to any. They're terrible. They're really, really bad. I realized how dumb I was as a child, but nothing ever compares. Every song that I said that I like that I don't like anymore, nothing compares to Hootie Who, which was horrible. And I remember at the time when that song came out, that's the exact point when I stopped liking the no limit soldiers too. Because they annoyed the hell out of me. I couldn't believe it. And the worst part, if you go back and watch some of those old nitros, I don't know if you ever did, is that the entire time the No Limit Soldiers were in the ring, they would just shout Hootie Hoo too. The entire, like, B.A. would be having a match against Hugh Morris or whatever. And Master P and, and Swole and what the hell, 4x4 would be outside the ring just going, Hootie Hoo! Hootie Hoo! Hootie Hoo! The entire time. The crowd is booing more and more every single time. And Eric Bischoff thought they were going to be faces in WCW. Let's say, like, wow, my God, the Element Soldiers era. He was making $200,000 in appearance. My God, what are we doing? Standards and practices. They made him do it, I'm sure. Jesus Christ. I I, I guess, you know, playing devil's advocate, the whole hootie hoo song choice was to get a catchphrase over with the crowd so the fans could, you know, they could call it out in support of the No Limit Soldiers. Um, The problem, though, uh, Rich, is that they're supposed to be the good guys. 
but their big feud was with the West Texas Rednecks. And the Rednecks loved country music and NASCAR and Southern culture, and they hated rap. Rap is crap. We all know that. Well, the WCW audience uh, was primarily a Southern audience, and guess what Southern people like? Country music, NASCAR, Southern culture, (laughs) and generally they're not big fans of hip-hop. So, shockingly, the fans liked the West Texas Rednecks a hell of a lot more than they did the No Limit Soldiers. So, Hootie Who wasn't quite the rallying cry that they wanted it to be, Rich. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, and Rap is Crap ended up becoming, like, a giant song, and, like, it end, I think it ended up charting and, like, going on radios and stuff. Like, it actually, it completely backfired in WCW's face, and, I mean, why wouldn't it? Like, why, whatever. I, I, I guess I kind of understand, because Master P was pretty a big deal at this time, and that might be hard, that might be a foreign idea to some people, but, like, he was a huge deal at this time. Like, he was he was a big-time artist, big-time hip-hop artist, and, and No Limit Records was a huge-time record label, to, you know, a, a real big deal at this time in, in terms of uh, uh, in rap, and I, I think even bigger than rap, too. It had become to that level. I think they even sign like Snoop Dogg around this time uh, as well. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it, WCW, it was an absolute unmitigated disaster, a, a financial just train wreck. And then obviously, yeah, the Hootie Who is, is the perfect representation of that train wreck because my God, this, and the song, even, even if you remove all the Hootie Who's from the song, the song still sucks. Yeah, there, there's nothing special about this at all. It's just another braggadocio hard-edged gangsta song. It, it's Psycho with Hootie Who's in it. That's, that's basically <laughs> that's a good it. Way to, yeah, good way to bring it. <laughs> well, uh, thankfully, the No Limit Soldiers did not last that long, only a few months. And then afterwards, Rand Conan would form the Filthy Animals with Billy Kidman and Eddie Guerrero. And they would be around and have different members come in and out for pretty much until the rest of WCW, till the last Nitro. Uh, they had a bunch of themes as well, including Psycho. They also had a theme for a little bit that was released off the album WCW Mayhem The Music. It's by Conan and Mad One. It's called Bow Wow Wow. Hey, yo, 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 wait a minute. Hey, Lex. Hey, Lex. I know you can hear me. So peep this. There's Russian, there's Italian, there's French, and there's creamy. Those are dressings. So tonight, get ready to bow down, toss my salad, and peel my potatoes. potatoes. Oh yeah, K Diggity Dog, putting it down for my people's NWO. Let's set it off, cause it's on now. was a wise man, Rich, who once said, there's Russian, there's Italian, there's French, and there's creamy. Those are dressings. So tonight, get ready to bow down, toss my salad, and peel my potato. Yeah, truer words have never been spoken, Rich. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, this, uh... This song's not great. You know, remember I said Mad <laughs> One? He came out swinging with Psycho. I really, really like Psycho. This... This one's not good. I think the problem is it's 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 super. It's just generic. The lyrics are like very wrestling oriented, and they just kind of I don't know, like from Lucha Libre to WCW, 
you know, it's just like who wants to step to my homeboy K Dog? It's just like, it's just I don't know. I I, I, I really don't like the song at all. And the, the worst part is, is it's one hundred percent for Conan. I mean, Conan's oh, yeah. even rapping in it too. And like the idea that Ray Mysterio would have to come down to this theme, it's like no man, Ray Mysterio, give him something. You know, this is a guy who had the Ray Mysterio Junior Jam and whatnot. And and that's the reason why I, I thought Cycle worked is because it was just a song. It was a song that those guys came out to. Whereas this one, Ray Mysterio Jam or whatever, were about certain guys. And the worst part is this one is about Conan. Like, it has nothing to do with Rey Mysterio in any way, shape, or form. So it, it feels like, man, I mean, like, at this point, Rey Mysterio should be the star. Like, Rey Mysterio should be the guy that you're pushing to the moon. Rey Mysterio should be the guy that gets the custom themes, not Conan. So I I, I don't know. It just didn't... It, 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 it's a big departure. It finally feels like this doesn't belong for Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's meant to be similar to the Rey Mysterio Jr. jam where it's got the references, you know, the West Coast sound pretty safe when it comes to the language but like you said rich yeah it's a conan song has all the conan tropes like orale arriba la raza k-dog tequila sunrise and that's fine if it's just conan coming out to it but when it's ray coming out to it like he did in wcw and and triple a a few years ago as well it doesn't make sense rich you're right I think another part that I really don't like about it either is it feels like just generic West Coast rap. It doesn't feel like it has any... And by the way, this is like... We're talking like October 1999. It it sounds like a 1995 West Coast rap song. The problem that I don't like is, though, it doesn't have the same sort of Latin-inspired feel that that, that Psycho had, which I think is important when you're trying to do representation of, of you know, these guys and the filthy animals and, 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 and Ray and Conan or whatnot. It felt to me like that would have been a great route is to always just kind of go with, you know... Uh, you know, Mad One, obviously, you know, he, he's always going to have a little bit of Latin inspired to, to anything that he does because, you know, you know but it, it for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like it fits for Ray and Conan as much as they made it try to fit for everybody in the Filthy Animals while also making the song entirely about Conan. So it's just kind of an awkward fit and, and just kind of a weird, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't really love it. And uh, it's on the infamous WCW Mayhem album, too, which has... Uh, my God! Speaking so many... of twenty tracks, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, way more, tra- way more tracks than you need. Rapper's crap is on that one too, uh, but it also, I, I know one of your favorite songs of all time, "What Up Match." I know what up, Match. <laughs> oh yeah, and Buff Daddy is on that one too. Actually, I take that back. Let me see if I have fucking rocks. I forgot that I had Buff Daddy. Oh, Seek and Destroy. Yeah, Sting. Uh, Sting yeah, yeah. for a while. Never mind. All right, I take that back. Please uh, edit all that part that I talked about. WCW Mayhem sucking. It is the most incredible album of all time. But no, it's uh, yeah, wow, wow, wow. I just, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it kind of feels lazy uh, for Ray. I, I don't know. I don't love it. Yeah, there's not much else to say about it, really. Um, did you ever see the music video for this, Rich? Uh, I did. Yeah, it's um. It's interesting. There's a lot of, like, circular camera cuts. Like they're just Yeah, like... the video, it's like it's split in half, where the first half is Conan and Mad One rapping in the barrio. They're in street clothes, and they're walking around, and they're kind of just cruising around with their gangsta pals. And then, halfway through the video, it switches to where they're in this, like, club wearing zoot suits, for whatever reason. <laughs> Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, of course. I don't know. I don't know what's what's weird about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the the aesthetic goes from Tupac to the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. It, it's kind of weird, you know. <laughs> Brian Seltzer Orchestra. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Brian Seltzer Orchestra. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the next Filthy Animals theme was around from January two thousand to September two thousand. So a good chunk of time there. And this one is again by Conan and Mad One. 
but it's also by Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera. So Rey here is uh, getting in on the rap game. This is called Filthy, Dirty, Nasty. So I think this is the first, like, real proper Filthy Animals theme, because before, we had Psycho, we had Bow Wow Wow. Those were just basically, like, Conan singles themes that were used for the stable. Here is an actual stable theme that is not only about the wrestlers, but it's wrapped by the wrestlers as well. Now, the vibes I got off of this song is that it has a similar spirit to Hot in Here by Nelly, where it's, you know, the dance club banger. Rich, though, you did one better. You thought of a Q-tip song, didn't you? Yes, yeah. So when I heard it, uh, the, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, a Vibrant Thing by uh, Q-tip, which was his first uh, solo, like probably his big, first big solo record uh, on his first solo album after he uh, he broke away from Tribe Called Quest. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. Down now, uh, yeah. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt, yeah. Special girl, real good girl. Biggest thing in my itty bitty world. Call her up and she made me feel right. Wish the bliss could never take flight. Sitting back with this mic in my hand, spitting hot. Uh, vibrant thing is if you go and listen to it, it's very very similar baseline. I, I I then decided to kind of look back and 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 see where Vibrant Thing may have sampled it from, uh, and I actually found it's from the Love Unlimited Orchestra. I want to stay, which is a song from the seventies. Uh, uh, so it looks like that was the sample that Vibrant Thing used, and Q-Tip was good about kind of digging into these r- ridiculous samples that you never heard of ever. Um, I'm led to believe that Mad One, Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Juventud Guerrero weren't like, you know, crate digging and found a Love Orchestra Unlimited <laughs> or Love Unlimited Orchestra uh, record and decided, ah, this baseline is what we need to see. So I'm led to believe that they heard Vibrant Thing and said, ah, that's kind of cool and kind of interesting. So if you go back and listen to those songs, you'll see uh, the clear inspiration between those songs. But uh, yeah, I'm led to believe that they probably just said, hey, that song's pretty cool. The Q-Tip one and decided to steal it. And uh, that's fine. You know, that's that is what uh, what hip hop is in many ways. But uh, yeah, just uh, interesting one but no it is definitely you know we we talked before the other ones felt like hip-hop the other ones felt like uh you know either latin inspired hip-hop but more than anything west coast hip-hop they felt like conan and Rey mysterio and those sort of guys and kind of this is the first song that yes while it is hip-hop and it is rap it feels like a party it feels like party rap it feels very similar like what you said nelly hot in here it, it, it feels like a nelly song it doesn't feel like a guys of the streets it feels like 
a bunch of weird dudes are going to show up to a party and 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 looking for the op- <laughs> which we'll talk about the lyrics in a bit. The lyrics are are, are filthy, dirty, and also nasty uh, in many <laughs> ways or whatever. But like it, like you said, it feels perfect for the filthy animals because the filthy animals were not a hip hop group. They were I don't know what the hell they were. Were they like I, I what, what were the filthy animals at some point? They just they were like they were just like weird dudes that show up to a party and like make it awkward as hell, right? Like that's kind of what their vibe was. I I, I never quite understood what the filthy animals were supposed to be. Well, I think the refrain says it all, you know, filthy, dirty, nasty. That's the way we like it. (laughs) That's kind of their their credo. They like to run roughshod and win titles and and party with the girls and make their money their own way, etc., etc. And the verses of the song go along with that. Each verse kind of takes you through a different uh, facet of the stable's lifestyle. Uh, One verse introduces them one verse is about them being superstars all that stuff but the verse i wanted to touch on here specifically is the third verse uh which is wrapped <laughs> by ray mysterio hard bodies make me act naughty you can get your friends i'll find my friends and we'll find a party where the fiesta at estoy listo i got the yesco you bring the pisto mamacita no me digas nada just make the sexy caras and mueve a tu cara. Shake it. Don't break it. Because it took your mama nine months to make it. <laughs> oh, Ray. Um, Ray. I, I, <laughs> I, I understand that that verse has a certain level of skeeviness to it on its own. But when Ray Mysterio says it, it, it just feels really wrong because I never think of Ray as a sexy Lothario playboy or a romantic figure in general. And it's like, you know, Ray, you shouldn't be saying these nasty, sexy things. You should be rapping about Hurricane Ranas and Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> not hard bodies that make you act naughty. Okay. It's, it's weird, Rich. It's really weird. I don't like it either. Yeah, it's it's just like, like it's also the fact that Rey Mysterio too like always looked like he was twelve years old. Yeah, so he kind of like it comes across like a sixteen year old horny boy like like finally getting a chance to like talk about how horny he is. And I don't want Rey Mysterio to be a horny sixteen year old boy though. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's creepy and weird, and I don't I don't love it at all. And yeah, this is a uh, it's unique. I don't I, I think that's the only way I can really say it's. Uh, it's not good, and, and that verse is just terrible, too. But uh, I guess it represents them perfectly, but uh, this is about when I started to fall completely out of favor uh, with Rey Mysterio during this Filthy Animals Rare. But, uh, yeah. I mean, let Eddie do the verse, you know? Yes, or, yeah, or... Eddie, Eddie sounds like, yeah, Eddie can be a very, very horny, weird man. Or but... Hoovy. He'd be perfect for that verse, The yeah. juice, yeah, the juice was on the loose at this time. Yeah, this would have a perfect time to do it. I mean, even Billy Kidman, uh, at that point had kicked his heroin habit and his skin had cleared <laughs> up. So I'm sure he would have loved bragging about the ladies, but uh, not Rey Mysterio. No, never. So uh, the last Filthy Animals theme was used from September 2000 to March 2001, the end of WCW. It's Mad One yet again, and this time he brought his friend Lil One. Maybe they're related. I don't know. Uh, this is off of the album Ghetto Gladiator, and it's called The Reason. Here's a couple reasons. Mad one, baby. Little one, baby. Elo. Built the soul. Sick man. Not to get paid. So many reasons. Why so many fools be changing like the seasons? <laughs> eye to eye, homeboy. Let's make this money. 
chickens bouncing, turning. Buying ounces, straight up burning. Fuck what you're earning. Hit the switch, lift the ride, jiggle the tits. Now watch sparks fly off the spray plate. Beat in the drum that vibrates. Play the eight, pump the brakes. Eyes on the low low, bounce up and down. Fuck popo in the LED photo. Let your pets hang. Some gang bang, some shoot 'em up. Bang bang with the thang thang. Sometimes we pull, sometimes we fall. Do what it takes just to get it all. Not gonna lie, Rich. I'm I'm feeling a bit fatigued with these Mad One WCW themes because at this point we've had like it's only the eighth. It's only the eighth. It's not that it's not that much. I mean, at this point, I've just I've run out of things to say about them. I mean, this is basically just you know Psycho Part Two. And at this point, I'm kind of turning into Millhouse here. When are we going to get to the fireworks factory? (laughs) When are we getting to POD? Yeah, I've never wanted to talk about POD more in my life. (laughs) When are we going to get to who dead jumping out the sky, R-E-Y? Because I have a lot more to say about that one than this one, Rich. Yeah, I got nothing to give you uh, on on this. I think the best, the the part that sums up the reason the best uh, is the name of the song is The Reason. And the first lyric is give you a couple reasons so is it a reason or is it a couple reasons what are we doing mad one what are we doing little one let's figure this out also uh, the lyric uh lift the ride there goes the tits now watch the sparks fly so um that's about all we have to say about the reason yeah i don't uh, it doesn't fit ray mysterio very much either at this point i don't maybe it does i don't know i'm so done with mad one move on please i can't talk what do we say about mad one anymore it's you know and there's plenty whatever. more where that came from uh, oh boy <laughs> Oh boy. But um, yeah, I guess wrapping up Ray's WCW themes here, the way I see it, you know, him ending his run there with a song like The Reason that feels so played out and just feels so samey is fitting because I think if you look at Ray's WCW career, there was a lot of stagnation there for those last few years because when he lost the mask and he became filthy animals gangster ray yeah that was obviously a huge change in terms of his look and his aesthetic but in terms of his career progression that was kind of just it you know i mean he did become giant killer and he did beat nash and bigelow and whatever but they never really capitalized on that and pushed him up the card he was always just in that same spot of being the cruiserweight guy of being the tag guy uh being just you know filthy animals ray mysterio so I think him having kind of the same type of theme song for years makes sense in that regard, Rich. Yeah, it it, it is fitting that the song is just like a boring like that we're like we're over it. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing more we can say. There's nothing more we can add. And that felt what like Ray Mysterio in two thousand one. It was just like he's still there. He's still hanging out. He's still having good matches here and there. But it's just like yeah, who cares anymore? I mean, you you would stop get, getting to the point of even caring about Ray Mysterio at all, which which sucks because he's such a dynamic character. And he's such a, a a great wrestler and a and and just one of the all time greats. But at this point, it was just like exhausting. It was like all right, here's Ray Mysterio, and he's like a cruiserweight and he's going for the cruiserweight championship like who cares anymore it's you know we're four or five years into the same story with Rey Mysterio with no real progression so I, I I think in one way it is kind of fitting I guess that uh we we just have nothing to say about the reason just like there's nothing to say about Rey Mysterio in the late 2000s uh early 2001 so after WCW closes uh Rey does not go 
the WWF, uh, which, considering how the invasion turned out, uh, pretty smart idea, I think. <laughs> uh, he floats around CMLL, he floats around the American Indies, like IWA Mid-South and HWA. And then, in the summer of 2002, Ray does sign, finally, with WWE. He drops the junior out of his name, so now he's just Ray Mysterio. And in one of the smartest moves that WWE has ever done, they give Ray his mask back. So he's no longer a 12-year-old boy dressed in fatigues. He's classic Ray Mysterio again, thank God. And speaking of classic, Ray's first WWE theme is by Jim Johnston and Chris Classic on vocals. This is off of WWE Anthology. It's called 619. Tap out. Go off the top rope, so look out below. below. And the next thing you know, you'll be on the floor. Oh, no. What you gonna do when you're on your back? From a mean body slam, oh, I'll damn, damn your whack. whack. You like, what the heck? All of a sudden, this dude sitting on my neck. Where's the rep? Straight from the WWE. You know how much trouble you see when you face the man of mystery. Flipping and spinning and doing it fast. You can't remove the mask. Cause he's kicking your ass. Come on, who's that jumping out the sky? Rich, do you remember when we did the first hip-hop themes episode way back when, and we talked about basic thugonomics and how it had been so long since we had heard that song? Well, the same is true for 619. I have not listened to this song in seemingly forever, and when I heard it again for the episode, and I heard the it just, it smashed that nostalgia button just really fucking hard. And I was brought back in time to 2003 SmackDown with Ray coming out to his song and Nathan Jones and the FBI and the Basham Brothers. And you still ended up watching wrestling after that? I know, I'm <laughs> as shocked as you are. Why are I'm you still watching as you wrestling? Are. But uh, Ray, Ray was one of the first guys I really latched onto as a fan over 15 years ago now, and hearing this song again, it just brings all those memories back up. And I couldn't help but just smile and enjoy hearing it again after so long. So we'll talk about this song in more detail in a few seconds here, but Rich, any chance did you have the warm and fuzzies inside you when you heard this song again? Uh, so yes and no. Like I, I, I don't remember. Similar to how March of Death, how I mentioned that that always kind of resonated with me because that's my entry point into Rey Mysterio. I absolutely 100% see how this one did for you too. To me, I, I actually, I, I think I think of this song kind of negatively, which is, is is weird. Not in the sense that like Rey Mysterio when he came in wasn't, you know, I, I I enjoyed him a lot. I thought he was incredible. They put the mask back on him and everything was good for a little while. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't. I don't know. The the song it doesn't give me those same warm thoughts. And I think ultimately as 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 a theme song for Rey Mysterio. Stereo, other than the beginning, like you mentioned, that first little note, that works perfect because it's like speed, it's fast, it's like he was gone and you know you blinked and he was gone. The problem though was once the song kind of gets going, 
it doesn't have a whole lot of impact. And I think that's one of the things that gets me. And, and we'll talk about it a little bit with Booyaka, the, the first version of Booyaka too, is it just is kind of like, I want loud, I want bold, I want excitable. And I don't know that the rest of the song is that. But I totally understand why you, from your entry point, like you said, similar to how I said with March of Death, it, like how it is kind of resonates with you. But yeah, for me, whatever reason, it, I don't have those same warm thoughts. And for me, I I think it just kind of lacks a little bit of the punch that I, I, I would expect for like a Rey Mysterio theme. Not to say that it wasn't, it was a tremendous upgrade over what the hell you had had for the last five years, you know, in WCW or whatnot. But it still, it felt like there was a little bit more that they had left to give. And, and, and knowing what was coming in the future, I think that they improved it a lot um, moving forward. But I'm right with you. I don't think I've heard the song in eight years. And when I hear the the, the title, 619, I immediately go to the Booyaka song. Like, in my head, I, I, I'm i doing the Booyaka Booyaka 619. Like, I have that. Forgetting that this was also, you know, the 619 theme or whatnot. So I, 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 I'm putting it down a lot. I don't think it's a terrible theme. I just don't think it's as, as complete and as full of a Rey Mysterio theme as I'm kind of looking for. Yeah, to me, this is like the WWE's version of the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam, uh, with a lot more woo noises in the background there. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it is a hip-hop song that talks about Rey Mysterio and references the mask and the flips and the jumps and how he's great in the ring, all that stuff. It's safe hip-hop that's pretty family-friendly. The music has that sunny West Coast hip-hop flavor to it, and I think Jim Johnston's decision to go with this route was very smart, because with Ray back in the mask, and back in the colorful tights, and back to being just classic Ray Mysterio, you want the theme song to harken back to those days where he was classic Ray Mysterio in WCW. You don't want to bring up Filthy Animals Ray without the mask on. Right, right. Where he was, you know, a gangster and whatnot. You want a theme song that makes you think of masked, colorful Rey Mysterio. So a theme like this works well, not just for Ray, but for this reemergence of classic Rey Mysterio onto national TV and, you know, back into mainstream wrestling. Yeah, I, I think, you know, my big thing with it is, yeah, like I said, I, I think there's better ones to come with it, but I, I won't disagree at all that it was a step in the right direction for Rey Mysterio and felt very much more like how they wanted to portray Rey Mysterio, which is, you know, put the mask back on, forget this whole hip-hop thing ever happened, and, and kind of go back to, to what classic Rey was and kind of build him back up from that point forward, so. Now, uh, the lyrics uh, are quite silly, I think, a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Mysterious is serious and delirious and everybody's curious. Uh, That one's pretty funny. What you gonna do when you're on your back from a mean body slam, odd damn your whack? You're like, what the heck? All of a sudden, this dude sitting on my neck, where's the ref? Rich, I've never played Parappa the Rapper but I'm pretty sure this would fit right in. <laughs> it's in it. No, it's in it. It is. Somehow it predated it by like three or four years, but somehow this song is indeed in it. But uh, yeah, I, the memory that I always have of this is, is I don't know if you ever had, there was a Rey Mysterio compilation DVD uh, that WWE came out with. And I remember that this song would just play, like a 30 second loop of the song would play on, on the menu screen. And I remember, you know, as a kid, you know, falling asleep to it or, or having it on in the background and just hearing this and like, you know, in my dreams, just hearing the same 30 second loop of it. So it's like a song that Ooh, I hadn't that heard in. Out this guy already yeah, lying. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was only like that first, like maybe the first half of the verse and, and the chorus would just play over and over and over and over again. And like, it was one of those things where, yeah, I hadn't heard it in like eight or nine years or whatever. And the second I heard it, it just immediately triggered in my brain again. Like you said, the positive thought to me, it triggered me falling asleep in front of the DVD menu or whatever, so, <laughs> which is a good thing because it was a 
a great DV- compilation DVD, but, you know, sometimes you'd fall asleep while you're watching it, so. One more thing about this song that I never realized until just recently. Do you remember when Ray used to do the entrance on SmackDown where he would jump up from below the stage? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when he made the entrance, it started with a... And then he would spring up at the same time that the rapping started. And the first line is, who dead jumping out the sky? So Ray was acting out the line at the same time it was being oh, spoken. Oh, okay. Yeah, song, right, 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 right. Yeah. Is uh, any touch there, Rich? Yeah, so laugh Chris Classic, all right? Jeez, <laughs> come on. Yeah, sure. Sure, every other one of his lyrics sucked, but that one was good, so... So uh, Ray had 619 as his theme for the first three years of his WWE career. And then in September 2005, Ray got a new theme called Buyaka 619. Uh, There are two versions of this song. The first one is by Jim Johnston featuring Ray Mysterio. And yes, guess who's back? Back again. (laughs) Mad One's back. (laughs) Tell a friend. Uh, We had a little reprieve there from Mad One, Rich, but he's back in the fold here. Uh, This is the first version of Buyaka 619. What you gonna do when we come for you? So, Buyaka 619, there are a couple of different facets about the song we can talk about here. First of all, compared to the previous song, 619, this one definitely leans into the Latin sound a lot more. It has kind of a reggaeton feel to it, with a similar beat and similar timing, I feel, to Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. You know, oh, that, yeah, that yeah, same yeah. kind of dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun beat. They even reference reggaeton in the song uh, with the line, Buyaka, Buyaka, El Reggaeton. So the sound is definitely a lot more concentrated in that regard. And also the fact that, you know, like 75% of the song is in Spanish. So that's definitely a big shift uh, in, in terms of Ray's WWE themes here, Average. Yeah, I, I this one is, I think, a little bit of an improvement over 619, uh, a, a little bit. The lyrics... Ah, they're not great, like you said. The, the ones that I, I do understand, the ones that are in English, uh, are a little strange. You know, blowing up screens like Space Invaders and flash up the scene like a Brown Crusader or whatnot is, is interesting, uh, a weird ones. And, and I've always, the, the what, what are you going to do when we come for you, I think is just always a weird way to start this theme. And it just doesn't, to me, I don't know, I don't get a vibe of Rey Mysterio coming for you. You know what I mean? Like, Rey Mysterio is a guy who, who you know, you challenge him and he's going to come in the ring for you and he's going he's gonna to surprise you with what he's able to do and he's going to be an underdog and all that sort of stuff. I, I just think it. The, the lyrics are a little. I, I don't know. They just don't quite. 
I think, fully fit for a Mysterio. But I think we have an improvement here. I think we're starting to get a little... We're, we're getting, the, as you said, the reggaeton. It's got a little bit more of a beat to it. It's got a little bit more energy to it. And I think that's the key with the Rey Mysterio. Is you, want, you want energy. You want flash. You want excitement when he's coming out. Because that's what he's going to give you when he gets into the ring. And I think we're kind of getting there uh, with Booyaka. That's why I think it's a little, little bit of an upgrade over 619. But uh, I think the best is still yet to come with this. Yeah, the other big shift uh, which you referenced is that this song feels a lot more adult than the previous one did, right, right, yeah. which is what we also said about Psycho, funny enough. Um, Buyaka 619 is not as intense or as graphic as Psycho is, obviously, but there's still kind of an edge to it. Uh, I mean, Ray says the word shit in the song. It took a whole lot to get where I'm at, but still ain't got shit but tats on my back. That's the line. Which is kind of shocking to hear Ray swear like that, to be honest. But it's not like the whole song is about drugs or gangsters or shootings. They talk about Latino heritage and God and fighting for my people and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's the whole Space Invaders thing, which is, again, pretty silly lyrics. But still, it feels to me like they're trying to make Ray seem more than just a kid-friendly wrestler give him more of an edge, but without venturing into uh, psycho territory or the reason territory, which would take it too far. Right. Ray had the first version of Buyaka 619 for a few months, and then in 2006, he got a new version by the band P.O.D., featuring Ray Mysterio, Mad One, and Rasta. P.O.D. performed the song live for Ray at WrestleMania 22 in April, and then he started using it in May. So this was released on the album WWE Reckless Intent, and it's the second version of Buyaka 
uh, and made him a little bit better with Booyaka, and I think went to another level here with the the, the second version of Booyaka with POD, because I think the thing that I've been waiting for with, with these WWE themes is impact and excitement and energy and this song has that in spades like you can't help but kind of get like start heading on and it's got a nice rhythm to it you can see Rey Mysterio walking down to the ring to it you know what I mean it's got that that sort of perfect to, to, to someone's steps like every one of the beats seems to kind of work for a guy's step as he's coming down to the ring and it it feels perfect for Pyro to be in the background of it or whatnot it just for whatever reason like it just I think it just clicks and it's a song that I've probably heard a million times in my life because he he's been using it forever he obviously used it um as you said from 2006 pretty much till 2015, and then we came back, he, he still now uses it again, I, I think, and with good reason, I think it just works for him, I think it's the perfect theme for him, it, it's got the right energy, the right balance of, of, of hip-hop, and Mad Ones, you know, as you said, his impact, or his lyrics have a little bit more impact, they're a little bit more forceful, they're a little bit louder, a little bit more in your face, and I think that's what we want to project with Rey Mysterio, I think for so long, there's been this weird energy of how do we, you know, what, what, do, what do we do to sort of get people to understand what Rey Mysterio is, and I think this theme is it. He's he's energy. He's impact. He's in your face. He's loud. He's he's boisterous, and I think that is is, is why this version works a little bit better. Pod just right off the bat gets gets right into it. The song's way harder. It's got just a good rhythm to it. And I think for whatever reason, I just like this one. I think it does. It, it for me is the, my favorite Ray Mysterio theme ever because it just it fits him I think perfectly and it works so perfectly well with him. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts exactly. I agree. Yeah. Um, I will say though, uh, the verse that the guy from Pod sings. Maybe a little too intense, even for this song, uh, especially the last five or six lines. No time for talking, dig the hole for the coffin. It's no mystery, Ray, that he's a dead man walking. El Dia de los Muertos, say a prayer for the living. Ask God to take my soul in case I go unforgiven. One shot, two kills. You don't believe me? Now you will. And that's the realest deal, homie, since Jesus' last meal. You know, maybe take it down a smidge, P.O.D. Okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> this is not 8 Mile, all right? It's a, it's a Rey Mysterio theme, okay? So just, you know, maybe ease up a little bit on that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is a little, maybe a little too hard, but uh, yeah. But but I'll take that over, you know, this, just any generic sort of uh, uh, lyrics that we got with Mad One. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but you're right. You can, can probably reel it in just a tad there, guys. Right, right. And uh, yeah, this has been Ray's WWE theme ever since. Going on, I guess, 13 years now, on and off, which is right up there, I believe, with John Cena's theme. They're pretty close, actually. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. See, to me, with Buyaka 619, I like it a lot on its own, but I don't have the happy memories associated with it like I do with the first theme, 619, because with the first theme... It seemed like it seemed like a much happier time for us Rey Mysterio fans because from 02 to 05 Rey was still healthy, his knees still worked, he didn't have that, you know, excess muscle mass on his body that he didn't need. He didn't get injured every 6 months or so, and he didn't have a world title reign that was booked like shit. Whereas from 06 to 2015 when he left with Ray, it didn't feel like he was a terrible wrestler per se with me, you know, but he seemed very limited with what he could do and very dialed back. Uh, all the injuries and the knee surgeries and the extra body mass, it, it took a toll on him. You know, he was hurting. He, he stopped doing the jump through the stage entrance. He stopped doing the West Coast pop and the springboard moves all that much. His world title run in 06 was just garbage. You know, he lost pretty much every non-title match, it seemed. And whenever it seemed like he would get 
some momentum back in his career, he would get injured again and be on the shelf for six to eight months. Like, okay, remember in 2009 when Ray had that really awesome feud with Chris Jericho over the IC belt? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a tremendous feud, really good. And then he had some matches with Dolph Ziggler that were also pretty good. And then, oops, suspended, wellness policy violation, and all that momentum was now gone. Yeah. And eventually, the injuries got more and more frequent, and he kept taking more and more time off. And then one day, he just he stopped showing up on TV, and then he was gone. So, yeah, it, it's hard to really feel all warm and fuzzy for Buyaka 619 when I don't have a lot of warm and fuzzy memories associated with that song, Rich. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, there, there is that too. And this is a period where I mentioned that it's like the perfect Rey Mysterio theme and I love this theme and all this sort of stuff. But it's also the period that I probably like Rey Mysterio the least because I just, I've never fully been into the, like late era, other than that Jericho feud, like you said. Uh, other than that, there wasn't a ton of, and the Ray and Eddie theme, uh, the Ray and Eddie feud, I should say as well, which really stood out. But a lot of the in-between stuff, just, I don't know, it never really kind of triggered with me. And, and I've never been a huge fan of Ray being just the super underdog, which he, he seemed to always kind of be. And, and there's a a certain level of underdog that I enjoy, but it's it felt like they kind of went a little too far with it uh, a lot with Ray. So I don't necessarily have like super positive you know memories of this theme of like oh my god I remember X match when Ray came out to the theme and it was incredible and I loved it. It was one of my favorite matches ever. Like I don't really have many of those, but I can still sort of uh, you know reconcile that with the idea that yeah that, that it does work for him and, and I enjoy the song uh, ultimately as a theme for Ray Mysterio. But I'm with you. There's there's not a ton of. Where 619, I think I have way more positive thoughts, even though I don't like it as much as the theme. So it's weird how the, the you know theme music can can sometimes dictate uh, your enjoyment of a, a wrestler, but it also at sometimes can 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 you know if you if you if you don't like that wrestler, then even a really good theme won't make you really love them uh, on a big level. So that's kind of where I'm at with Buika. I mean, now he's back in WWE and he's like better than ever. It seems. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, crazy, really, to to see how healthy he looks and how fast he's moving. All things considered. Yeah, because there was a time, I mean, there, there was a time where he was, I, I don't think was a very good wrestler. I mean, there was a time where you felt like his knees were shot and his, he was just kind of done. And it was just like, well, that was the end of Ray Mysterio. That was fun how it lasted. And then, you know, a little bit, he would pop up on the, you know, after WWE, he'd pop up in AAA and he'd pop up on, you know, New Japan for a little bit and, and, and stuff. And you saw it and you're like, all right, yeah, it looks like he's back there. Then he comes into WWE now and he's like, better than ever. It's like, what the hell? How is this possible, dude? Like, there's no way you've had like 12 knee surgeries. There's no way. <laughs> like, but he is. He's just incredible. That's why I said he's one of the, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and one of the most important wrestlers of all time because the longevity doing what he does is, is, is unprecedented we'll never see another guy like that it's time now for the last theme of today's episode uh, after ray left wwe in 2015 again he bounced around the world a little bit went back to AAA, a uh, went to lucha underground various u.s uk indies he wrestled in the main event of all in and he was also in a few matches in new japan and in 2018, the theme that he used was by, drumroll please, Mad One! Yeah. <laughs> Once more with feeling, it's another Mad One song. And uh, this one was not released on any album. He made it just for Ray. Uh, I could not find a clean version of it, a clean full version, unfortunately. Uh, the one I got is from YouTube, so uh, apologies beforehand. Uh, this is called Aki Estoy. Aki Stoy, Mr. 619, so call the one time. Aki Stoy, Mr. 619, a soldier in the break on me, a front line. Aki Stoy, Mr. 619, a soldier in the break on me, a front line. Cruz en la frente, calendario en el pecho, entro a la guerra. 
me do my part Tú sabes, RD619 Hoy es el día donde paga lo que debe I'm legendary, paisa, just do the math See me plus you, we go you on your ass Sácate, ya llegó el rey por San Diego, California And he don't play, aquí estoy, uh-huh No me voy, uh-uh México, todo el mundo, 619, homeboy So I don't know if this is just the version I found on YouTube or it's actually part of the song, but uh, not a ton of variety here with Akia Stoy, uh, Rich. It's just, it's the chorus and the verse, then the chorus, then the same verse, then the chorus and the same verse. It's not a very dynamic song when it comes to the lyrics, but depending on what you think of Mad One, maybe it's an improvement. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is basically just... Booyaka 619, the shitty indie version, Rich. Yeah, I I don't hate it, but I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, it's just there. Yeah. It's aggressively fine. And I remember hearing it at All In, and I'm like, oh, all right, that's kind of cool. I remember, you know, I remember enjoying it a lot because that All In, you know, I was there live. And it was just an incredible moment to be there live and, and hang out in that event and all that sort of stuff. I remember enjoying it then and enjoying it sometimes when it was in New Japan. But, you know, kind of sitting down and listening to it and trying to be like, all right, and try to study it and listen to the lyrics. It's just fine <laughs> you know what i mean like i i don't know it's it's fine it's okay it's it's certainly not as good as Buyuka version two uh, i'd put it definitely under psycho i think it's better than a lot of the old you know the the, the past the, the post psycho uh, mad one songs but it definitely is a few steps back i think beyond behind all the wwe themes and and yeah it's 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 fine <laughs> well you heard it at all in for like two minutes straight there because you know Ray's team was backstage trying and they to were figure kinda, out how to yeah. do the man. yeah <laughs> they were short on time right. and it's like a Kia Stoy Mr. 619 for like two minutes straight <laughs> yeah see that's why I enjoyed it yeah no I had a soft spot because uh, where I was sitting you could actually see uh, Ray and and and, uh, and, and Bandito and uh, Phoenix uh all huddled back <laughs> as they were kind of, obviously I'm like oh because all, we all know what the time is we all know that these dudes got to get off the air in like 10 minutes so watching them come out because the Rey Mysterio's music hits he kind of gets ready to walk out and then he steps back and then he's like in this little huddle with Bandito and Phoenix for those two minutes probably trying to figure out alright guys we had 25 minutes planned but it's actually got to be 12 so alright what are we going to do and it's basically hey Bandito you do everything we're just not going to do anything and then Ray just being like you know what I've had my time to shine I've done my things Bandito it's your match buddy let's go and then he walks out to yeah but but, uh, no, I, I enjoy the song, but it's it, it's it's on the lower end, I'd say, of of of, of, of Rey Mysterio themes. All right, those were the many themes of Rey Mysterio. Um, a lot of Mad One there, a lot of Mad One there. Uh, more than necessary, to be honest with you. But uh, regardless of how much Mad One we had to put up with there, I, I'm still glad we did this Rey Mysterio episode because he's one of my all-time favorites and he's one of the all-time greats. You know, I think you'd be asked. Any wrestling fan who is the greatest cruiserweight wrestler, who is the greatest high-flying wrestler of all time, odds are they'll say Rey Mysterio. If you asked any wrestler that question, they'll say Rey Mysterio too, because his influence in wrestling is just incalculable. Uh, The guy is just a legend, and the fact that he's still wrestling to such a high degree now is remarkable. I, I don't know, you know, how long this current run will last, but... I just love the fact that right now he looks healthy, he seems happy, he's wrestling so well, and if this current WWE run is Ray's last big hurrah, then undoubtedly he's going out on top. 
And that's a really cool thing to see, I think. Uh, what about you, Rich? Any final thoughts on Rey Mysterio? Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned at times he was one of my favorite wrestlers ever. At other times, he, he was one of my least favorite. But ultimately, I think, yeah, he and I mentioned it many times before, I think he's one of the most important wrestlers of all time. I think he's one of the best wrestlers of all time. So uh, he's had just a tremendous career. And this little renaissance that he's having in WWE, if it is his final run, uh, I think it's a great way to go. Because we're starting to see finally, there's a little bit of redemption. Because there was that last period in, in, in WWE where we've said, like, his knees felt like they were gone. It felt like he wasn't doing anything of, uh, of worth. And he was just kind of hanging around there forever. And he was just kind of a bit player in WWE. And it was like disappointing that that's how the Rey Mysterio story was going to end. But knowing that, you know, he went away for a few years, now he's back. Uh, and, and really, in, in some ways, better than ever. I think he's kind of put together a complete package and there's a bunch of new guys to work with and whatnot. So, so I'm really excited. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the second Rey Mysterio run and I'm pretty excited uh, to see what he has uh, in store. But yeah, I'll never, I, I mean, the experience, it, still to this day, I, like I said, you could go back and watch a 1995, 96, 97 Rey Mysterio match and still be blown away by what he does. Like, go, go watch the ECW match. That he had uh, the few ones that he had with psychosis, and and you'll see just how incredible they are. Still to this day, how how and and realize how revolutionary that was in 1995. Like you're watching it with 2019 eyes, and 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 as you said earlier, you know guys like Will Ospreay and guys like a Ricochet and guys, you know, just tremendous high flyers all across the world. We'll go back and and realize what these guys were doing in 1995, what Ray Mysterio Jr. was doing in the mid 90s, uh, and just how how much it resonates still to this day, and how incredible it was and revolutionary it was uh, at that time. So yeah, right, one of the greatest careers of all time, really. All right, well, that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you, Rich, for coming back on the show here. It's always a blast when you're here talking about wrestling and uh, bad rapping, and uh, with Mad <laughs> One here, we kind of had some of that today, didn't we? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Uh, voiceofwrestling.com slash Patreon. I'll, of course, give the uh, death's door. Uh, I, I'm talking about Rey Mysterio as we speak. Uh, unfortunately, it's the dying days of WCW and the chubby. Like, Rey Mysterio's really chubby in these episodes, too, which seems hard to believe that, like, He's just kind of like fat. He doesn't care anymore because why would he? It's the dying days of WCW. Anyway, uh, Death Store uh, on the Voice Wrestling Patreon, voicewrestling.com slash Patreon. Uh, also, yeah, you're listening to this on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, so you're in the right place. Uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to all the other podcasts we have on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network because there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, also, voicesofwrestling.com has all of our reviews uh, and previews of all the big shows going on in the wrestling world. Also, columns, and that's uh, where we post all the podcasts as well, so it's a good spot to be. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter if you want to engage in and terrible discourse uh, on Twitter. You can do that. Uh, but yeah, that's about it, I think. Oh, I, I, I should plug as well. Non-wrestling, if you're interested in uh, in the a little NBA basketball, I do a, a basketball history podcast as well. Uh, the Over and Back uh, Classic NBA Podcast, at Over and Back NBA, uh, is where you can follow us there. If uh, you're interested in basketball, or you're interested in basketball history, or you want to get interested in basketball history, it's a good spot to start. So, uh, at Over and Back NBA, uh, or Over and Back NBA.com as well, if you want to check that out. So, thank you again, Andrew, for letting me on here. I, uh, I love this show, and I love being a part of it. So. Oh, it's always fun. Always fun, yeah. And you can follow Music of the Mat on Twitter at Music of the Mat. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can also find the YouTube playlist for this episode and all past episodes at the VOW forums, voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts. Uh, Rich, thanks once again, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, for Rich Krejci, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. One, two, three, four. Seis, uno, nueve. 
life is hard, man, la vida es dura. Gotta believe in yourself, sin duda. No es chiste, es mi cultura. Si yo puedo con alma pura. Rey misterio con mensaje serio. De su televisión, straight to your stereo. Cada persona tiene sueños. In order to move ahead, you gotta cross the border. They must have thought I was just a little mocoso. And all them haters said, no eres talentoso. Mírame, yo soy misterioso. Un mexicano con talento ingenioso. Puedo hacer cosas you can't believe. Tú no sabes what I have up my sleeve. De verdad yo se los diseño. Para realizar mis sueños. Tengo la cualidad de oro. Na que move como fuerza de un toro. De la costa oeste. Con poder de mente represento a San Diego y Tijuana de frente. Life is hard, man. La vida es dura. Gotta believe in yourself, sin duda. No es chiste, es mi cultura. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.